So today we have a, a very rich gospel. There's all sorts of details we could delve into, but I'll just pick one uh, or two. So there's this one here that just particularly strikes me this morning. Um, Jesus describes to his apostles, he's about to go to Jerusalem, and he, he describes this, this horrific scene, okay, so uh, in detail. Uh, they will condemn him to death. He'll be handed over to the pagans who will mock him and spit at him and scourge him and put him to death. So he's after saying death twice. And after three days, he will rise again. So, like, again, we can imagine the apostles have been with Jesus. They're heading towards Jerusalem, and, and the Lord lays out, this is going to end badly. This is going to end in my cruel death. Now, we don't know how long afterwards, but the gospel account makes it seem like it happened relatively soon afterwards. They were still on the road anyway. James and John, sons of Deborah, said, Master, we want you to do us a favor. So you're, you're just off telling us you're about to die. And what did they say? We want the places of honor. So rather than, you know, Lord, is there anything we can do to, to, to help or, or stop this or prevent this? Or are you sure? This, I mean, their concern wasn't, is there anything we can do to, I don't know, avoid this if, if it's possible? Or is there another way of doing it? Or how, how can we help you? Their question was, we want the places of honor, right? So Jesus describes a, a very traumatic uh, situation, scenario, prophecy. And while still on, on the same road, probably not in the same breath, but relatively soon afterwards, James and John ask us something which is quite vain uh, for positions of glory. Okay. But what, what really strikes me, though, is... When James and John approach Jesus, they say, Master, we want you to do us a favor. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? What is it you want me to do for you? So in a scenario where Jesus, I mean, he was still, he's still Lord, he's still God, he's still powerful, but surely after saying something like that, he could have done, maybe with a little fraternal consolation, after, after telling his apostles, I'm going to die, maybe it would have been nice to the apostles to say, Lord, do you, know, do you, do you, want, this, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how exactly you'd phrase it to Jesus, like, but you'd try to console him in some way, just you know, try to say, bless, that's, that sounds tough. Is, can I help? Can I, I don't really know what to do here. But, but instead, in this scenario where Jesus needs help, if you will, he still has time for the apostles and still is able to say to them, gazing upon them, what is it you want me to do for you? And typical Jesus as well, you know the way, when you have a, a deep conversation with someone, like I mean, when there's someone you know well, or as I, say, as I said before, like often in, in confession or in spiritual direction, things like that, you can get to know a person very, very quickly because um, there's very little small talk. You know, in confession, I don't really talk about the names of your cats and, you know, what's your favourite pizza topping is I, it doesn't really matter you know we get straight into like what's up what's what's really up what's really going on in your heart so when jesus says like what is it you want me to do for you i could imagine that kind of that kind of question his gaze that would have accompanied it would just cut right to the heart so like if jesus says what do you want me to do for you i don't think your answer would ever be a oh, ham sandwich just love a ham sandwich you know what I mean? like or, or just something superficial when Jesus asks you, what does he want me to do for you? I think, I think a lot of the things you think you want would suddenly seem very unimportant. 
You know, when Jesus looks at you and says, what do you want me to do for you? I think that, that question should it, should, it should awaken something in us in the sense that, what do we want? This is something that we in Holy Family we're going to be delving into a little now as we approach our last weeks. Like in these last weeks of Holy Family, uh, what, what do you want? What do you want? Because many of us would think, well, okay, immediately, there's definitely something I want. You know, money would be great, job would be great, career, security, uh, family, husband, wife, kids, house, car, all these kind of things might be the kind of the first things that come to mind. What do I want? This is what I want. Okay. But if you had all of those things, is that really what you actually want? Is that what you're searching for? Like, will these things in place actually give you what you're looking for. What do you want? What are you honestly, in the depths of your heart, what are you looking for? Now often, again something we often discover here in Holy Family, often we don't even know ourselves. So we don't know ourselves what we're looking for. And so we might be kind of just running from like uh, short-term success, short-term pleasure to short-term pleasure to short-term success and it's all it's kind of grasping at something that just, just isn't really satisfying so just grasp more, grasp harder bigger grasps but, but ultimately what are you looking for? What do you want? I think when Jesus asks us that question it's, it's like the, the answer can't just be like you know a house and I'd be grand or money, just this financial situation if that could be resolved everything would be fine what is it you want? Because if we don't know what we want, then we won't ask for it. So the Lord then might be aiming to offer us what we actually need, but I'm looking for something else, even though it's not what I want. I'm absolutely convinced that if I, if I lose two stone or if, I'm, if I look all big and muscly or whatever it is, that, that'll be it then, because then I'd, I'd fit in with the lads and I'd fit in with the girls and I'd be popular. Then I'd be, and, and this is kind of where my focus is. The Lord is like, no, 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 this, this is actually what you need up here. Okay, virtue or purity or peace in your heart or self-love or self-acceptance or forgiveness. That's actually what you need. Just stop wasting your time looking at all this kind of stuff on there. That, that, that'll all pass. What is it you really, really want? What is it you want? Look into your heart. Look into your life, your past. Look towards your future. What, what do you want? Because I think so often what we actually need what we actually should be looking for is so much higher than what we are looking for. So often what we need is, is, is peace. That, Lord, I can actually accept myself. Self-acceptance. Or so often what we actually need is to forgive this person or that person who hurt me. And because of their hurt, I feel I have to either achieve something or look a certain way or be a certain thing in order to be loved. So I'm constantly chasing these things in order to fill the void of love. So what do you need? What do you want? What I want is to be loved. Maybe that's the answer to your question, to, to his question for you. But if we don't know what it is, as I say, we'll, we'll end up thinking that what we need or what we want is, is physical healing. Again, good and all as it is to have, to have health, there is actually a greater good as well. I mean, if I just had, if I just had this, uh, if I just had, was cured of this thing here, this illness, whatever it may be, then I'd be fine. But again, maybe the Lord is saying, while I want to help you and I will support you and strengthen you in, in your illness, maybe the greater good here is 
love of a friend or a family member who hurt you. So when Jesus looks at us, I think, I think he wants to ask us that question today. What is it you want me to do for you? And that's a, a question that deserves reflection. In order that we don't live our lives superficially, in order that we don't live our lives maybe chasing, chasing dreams, or in order that we don't live our lives accusing Jesus of not giving us what we asked him for, when what we asked him for wasn't actually really that important. They weren't the highest priorities at all. Maybe what he was offering was just way better. It's just I didn't, I didn't want it. I was too busy focused on praying for HD brows and being able to fit into a size, whatever. What's small? So 12, 10? Dress? Six? Six? That's a small number. <laughs> okay. That's my goal. And I go to the gym and I get up early and I'm eating nothing but one side of a half a leaf of lettuce. And... And that's my goal, and that's what I'm focused on. That's taking up so much of my time, my, my headspace. And then when I get there, okay, I want two pounds less, just two pounds less. I can get there. And it just becomes this. And the Lord is like, that's it's just not important. It's just not important. I'm offering you so much more. And similarly, when we come to Mass, if you come to Mass expecting nothing, chances are you will go home with nothing, even though you are offered everything. You are offered God himself. So let the Lord's gaze rest upon you today. We heard in our psalm, have mercy on us, Lord, and look at us. And Lord, as you look at us, you say to us, what is it you want me to do for you? Lord, we ask you for the grace of of self-knowledge that we might know our own hearts and know what we actually need and trust you then to give it to us. Amen.